The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Here's your host, Scott Chu. Yo, everybody. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast. My name is Scott Chu. You can find me on Twitter at IfTheChewFits. I am just about to head over to Potapalooza with Justin Mason. Check that out. I'll be on from one to two, but it's, or it's going on all day. It, it, Benefits a great cause, so please check that out. Now we'll go to injuries and transactions. Max Meyer left his start early with elbow discomfort. Expect more updates today or Monday, but be ready for him to possibly miss a turn or worse. Miguel Sano and George Kirby will be recalled to their respective squads on Tuesday. Adam Duvall is going to the IL and being replaced by lefty masher Mike Ford. Though Ford can be disregarded for fantasies, he'll likely just pinch it and he might not be that good anyway. Michael Pineda is hitting the IL for the Tigers and will be replaced for now by Ronnie Garcia, though Matt Manning should return to the rotation very soon. I expect in the next two weeks or so, if not sooner. The Jonathan VR experiment in LA is over as he was designated for assignment. Speedy former Marlon Magnus Sierra will take his place. If I thought he'd play at all, I'd tell you he's a base stealing threat, but I suspect he'll just be a pinch runner and very occasional starter. And then Rafael Devers hit the IL before games on Saturday. It's for hamstring inflammation, so I'm not expecting an extended stay. As far as hitting action from yesterday, Ramon Urias went three for four with a double home run, two runs scored, and two RBI. He's hitting the ball well this month and has multiple infield eligibilities. I don't usually care that much about eligibility, but waiver wire ads are a place where it matters a lot. And he can play second, third, or short on most formats. If you're as desperate as I've been in deeper 12-teamers for infield help, here it is in the name of Ramon Urias. Tyler O'Neill went two for five with a home run, two runs scored, three RBI, and a stolen base over his last 75 plate appearances, which actually, due to injury, stretches all the way back to June 7th. He's got three home runs, four steals, and a 328 batting average. Health is never a guarantee, but a healthy Tyler O'Neill is still a top 20 outfielder for me, if not top 15, for the rest of the season. Eloy Jimenez went two for three with a home run. This was only his second extra base hit of the month, but there's a top 40 to top 50 outfielder in here, even when you factor in the health risk. Due to his monstrous power potential, he hits way too many ground balls for a guy as big and strong as him, though. So once you see he's getting the ball in the air more, maybe like 35% or more, watch out because it could turn into a home run derby. Bobby Witt Jr. continued his push to be the other candidate for AL Rookie of the Year as he went two for five with a double, a home run, two runs scored, three RBI, and a stolen base. It's his third home run in seven 
stolen base of the month. He's hitting 303 as well to go with it. He's really the only other threat for AL Rookie of the Year behind the currently slightly injured Julio Rodriguez and actually was a more highly rated prospect coming into the year in many circles, albeit by like a single rank. Nico Horner, finally, of the Cubs. He went one for four with a home run, two runs scored, and a stolen base. And fun fact, his 10-game rolling strikeout rate this season has never been above 20%. Horner is a high-contact machine, though unlike other high-contact machines like Jeff McNeil, Luis Arias, or Alec Bohm, Horner actually has an additional thing he can help you with, and that's speed. This was his 10th stolen base of the season and the 4th in July for Horner after attempting just once in June. And as long as Nico Horner keeps getting plate appearances, he's worth rostering in all 12-teamers for his ratios and his more than a few home runs and steals. Starting pitching action from yesterday, Jose Quintana of the Pirates went against the Marlins. He got the win on seven innings pitch, no earned runs, four hits, no walks, four strikeouts. He's using a great approach to hitters with uh, a lot of breaking balls and the fastball. His command is spot on. It could fall apart at any moment because it's really based heavily on the command. But for right now, I think you've got to let it ride with Jose Quintana. He is just tearing offenses apart. Julio Urias of the Los Angeles Dodgers got the win against the Giants on six inning pitch. No earned runs, two hits, two walks, five strikeouts. The velocity is back up over 94 miles per hour. And that's a huge deal as he hadn't gotten there yet this season. And it's a really good sign that this success can continue. Justin Verlander went against the Mariners. He went seven innings pitched with one run, four hits, two walks, nine strikeouts. He continued to push to challenge McClanahan as the AL's top pitcher with yet another gem. And now as a quality start in eight of his last nine, Marcus Stroman, speaking of quality starts, went against the Phillies and got one. He went six innings pitched with one run, five hits, two walks, and five strikeouts. Stroman had everything working in this one. Uh, including his, you know, his cutter, everything, and showed why he can be a steady quality start provider in these troubling times. Chris Bassett as well had a great start. He went against the Padres. He went seven innings pitched, two earned runs, four hits, no walks, 11 strikeouts, though got the loss because that's just something, uh, even though the Mets are winning, they still screw their starting pitchers somehow. Uh, He did it all on 89 pitches as well, very efficient, and made it six straight quality starts for Bassett. That's just extremely reliable right now. And since the start of 2020, he has a surprisingly low 3.17 ERA with almost exactly a strikeout per inning, 329 strikeouts in his last 329.1 innings. Logan Gilbert uh, really had a nice game, did some really cool stuff against the Astros. He got the loss, but he went six innings pitch with two and run, five hits, one walk, eight strikeouts. And really the curveball was the star of the show as Logan Gilbert threw it almost twice as often as he had in any other start this season. He also featured sliders just as often as he had been, meaning the curve was really in place of more fastballs. And that's a really interesting development and had great results. And it's something I hope he can repeat. And it's what I'll be watching for the next time he's out. And then Johnny Cueto went against the Guardians. He got a no decision on seven innings pitch, three earned runs, eight hits, one walk, and no strikeouts. Look, it's a smoke and mirror show with Johnny Cueto, not because he's super deceptive, but just because he's an old veteran doing old veteran things. But that's all you got to be because the next start he has is against the A's. I definitely think that's something you're going to want to take advantage of. When it comes to relief pitchers from yesterday, Tanner Scott, he's really having a rough month or so. Needed 31 pitches on Saturday just to get a loss. Anthony Bass is a decent speculative play short term. I think he can get some saves, although he is a lefty and I think he might be on the move at the deadline to a team that definitely won't want him to close. So something to keep in mind if you're super sensitive to that, but I do think he's worth stashing in deeper leagues. 
Besides Tanner Scott, Liam Hendricks was the only recognizable closer to get a loss or blown save, which broke a streak of 15 outings without the, without an earned run allowed and a string of nine straight appearances with no hits allowed. You got to forgive him for this one. It's a rough break, rough break in weekly matchups, but this just happens sometimes. Nothing I'm concerned about. Actually, four of the 10 saves yesterday were actually kind of random with guys like Matt Foster, Zach Johnson, and Brian Abreu getting the call due to primary closers being unavailable. And including after 384 appearances in the major leagues, David Price gets his first career save. It was only a single out. He's not really a high leverage guy, but it was interesting and cool to see. And really though, uh, the big news is just that the vast majority of closers are going to be ready to go today. I think Tanner Scott is an exception. Maybe Liam Hendricks, but probably not. I think he'd be able to go if he had to. So uh, just something to keep in mind. And before I send you off, to the weather, I will take a quick break and we'll be right af- we'll be back right after this. Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription where you're gonna get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as eight dollars a month. You can sign up at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast. Also, don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from YouTube videos, live streams, newsletters, off-season articles, TikToks, breakdowns, over 15 baseball podcasts on our network. We can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season. So sign up for PL Plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free. All right. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. All right, we are back just in time to send it over to Mark with the weather. Mark, take it away. Thank you very much. Looking at today, we have a couple areas where there will be some showers and thunderstorms around, but I'm not expecting anything widespread and not anything that causes a postponement. The areas that I'm looking at are going to be an early afternoon game in Philly between the Cubs and the obviously the Phillies. Uh, and later afternoon game between the Pirates and the Marlins, and then the night game between the Mets and whoever they're playing, and they are playing the Padres. So it shouldn't be that bad. I'm not expecting any postponements, but we'll have to keep an eye on all three. Thanks, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you, Mark. It is always appreciated. Just a few options as we head into the day. I know this is a little late, so I'm just going to try to use a bit of later examples. For pitching, I like Martin Perez against the Oakland A's. You know, it's everything for Perez is about his command, but again, you only need so much of it against these A's. Sonny Gray going against the Tigers, who really just can't get anything going right now. And then Mitch Keller, who's been real up and down. He's at home against the Miami team that just got destroyed by Jose Quintana. Maybe he can share some notes about how we attack those hitters, but I do think Mitch Keller has a chance to be, have a good start today. As far as hitters go, I really like the Rays against Chris Bubich particularly Yandy Diaz, who's leading off, and Isak Paredes, who's hitting fourth. The Twins against Ronnie Garcia. The 4-5-6 for that team, Garcia's a right-hander. They've got three lefties at 4-5-6. and six. It's Kepler, Kirilov, and the young Nick Gordon. I think all are decent plays in various formats. And then I like the Diamondbacks against Eric Fed because I will almost always stream hitters against Eric Fed because I just don't really have any faith that he can be good consistently and gives up a lot of contact. So with that, thank you so much for listening. It's a short show today, but hopefully it's got what you need. We will definitely catch you next time. Thanks for listening again. My name is Scott Chu at If The Chu Fits. I hope you check out Potapalooza. Get some donations out there. Uh, Real cool thing that Justin's doing. And with that, have a great rest of your day. 
This has been the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, rate us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at PitcherList, and help support what we do by joining our Discord with PitcherList Plus at PitcherList.com slash plus.